With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into BrewCast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. We've got a fun show in store for you here coming off the bye and heading into Wisconsin. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We're here with you recording on Monday night into Tuesday, which you could be listening. Uh, you're at least listening past Tuesday here. But we, like I said, we've got a fun one for you in store here today. And I, well, now we'll bring in. My fellow co-host, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani. Guys, how we feeling? You a little rejuvenated after the off weekend? Um, Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was, I don't want to say it makes Michigan struggles any easier to take, but seeing what a lot of Big Ten teams went through, Sands, Ohio State, over the weekend, sort of, not that, like I said, not that it vindicates them for some of their problems, but I kind of feel... I think a lot of the discussions that we've had the last few weeks about an underwhelming performance or underwhelming performances, I think a lot of fan bases are having those conversations today. And if you're a team like Michigan State, uh, maybe an even more serious conversation about what the future of your program is. So uh, definitely some much-needed perspective from the last few days. Yeah, I agree. I think that this was a weekend uh, that – said a lot about the Big Ten and even said a lot about where Michigan might be. I think we learned in certain cases that there are teams that are very much here to stay and are still world beaters, unfortunately, Ohio State. Um, And there's a lot of question marks in this conference, Uh, some involving teams that Michigan plays, some not so much. But I think uh, what we're all learning at this point is that 
I, and this may sound a bit odd, but I think we're at a point now in college football, there's no such thing as preseason anymore. Uh, there's no such thing as you schedule three games that are automatic W's. You know, the, the, that time has changed. And obviously you can point to a lot of scenarios where uh, this this has happened in the past, but it seems like now more than ever, schedules for the preseason are getting harder because teams want to uh, at least try to help their standing if they are to get to a point where they're, uh, you know, in discussion for a potential playoff bid. Uh, and I think it's made uh, it's made things a lot more competitive, but it's, in a way, I think it's also hurt the Big Ten to a certain extent. We saw that this weekend. Uh, some teams who narrowly survived but rather unimpressively, like Penn State, and some teams who just flat out faltered, like MSU and Maryland. Yeah, we uh, we learned a lot about the Big Ten, and to be quite honest with you, top to bottom, it doesn't feel like as strong of a conference as it did coming in to this weekend. Uh, I, I guess let's just start at the top. The team that right now is not a pretender, they are a contender, they are the contender in the Big Ten, it's Ohio State. And right now, if nothing changes, no one is going to knock them off. They are rolling on all cylinders. I, I mean, this reminds me of like the early Urban Meyer year Ohio State teams. You know, the, those like first two years where they were just unbeatable. That's what this is looking like. Indiana over the last couple of years has given Ohio State and Michigan and other teams of the Big Ten fits. They haven't won a lot of games, but they've kept it close. Ohio State boast, boat raced them on the road on Saturday. I mean, this is this team is just, they, they look legit unbeatable right now. And I don't think, unless something drastically changes, uh, they're, they're going to win the Big Ten. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where I think, where we stand right now, and I think that Michigan certainly has a ton of improvement that they can make and, and things that they can do on their own end, but I'm not sure that Michigan's best football would will even beat Ohio State. That's how good they look right now. I mean, it's yeah. short of um, short of Clemson and Alabama. I mean, that's I think you can make the argument that they are maybe the the next most impressive team. Obviously, what Jalen Hurts is doing at Oklahoma is insane. Um, but again, Lincoln Riley has that Midas touch when it comes to the quarterback position. But Ohio State, I mean, like, how are they going to do with a new head coach? How are they going to do with a new quarterback who's never been a full-time starter before? Um, it's looking pretty damn good <laughs> right now. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, I don't think that changes the expectation of you need to find a way to win the la- that last game in November. But right now it's like, it's not going to be like, I even with as dominant a throttling as that game in Columbus was last year. I will go to my grave saying, I, I believe that had Michigan played its best football that day, they were the better football team. Uh, right now, Ohio state is the best football team in the big 10. And it, it's really not all that close. I think you can make the argument for Wisconsin, but again, they haven't played anyone. Um, they played central Michigan bullied them and they played South Florida. Who's, um, Charlie Strong just is not a good coach at all. So um, I think the jury's out on most of the rest of the Big Ten. Um, but based on what we've seen, I mean, Ohio State is just – they're just at another level right now. Um, it's its actually – take out the fact that it is Ohio State and it is a rival, definitely probably the most fun football team to watch in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, every year for the last – Good Lord, 15 years, you look at Ohio State 
and you think and you wonder, is this going to be the year where they stop being world beaters? Where they where they just have just a good team, maybe not a, a, an amazing team. And every year, uh, the answer to that is nope. They're still the the cream of the crop, not just in the Big Ten. They're among the cream of the crop in the country. I think really when we look back on it, probably the most vulnerable Ohio State team of the last. I mean, not including the uh, Luke Fickle season. I mean, that that's that was a mirage. Uh, so I guess since then, the most vulnerable team they had was probably the team two years ago, uh, which still won the Big Ten, uh, but uh, and beat an undefeated Wisconsin team in the in the Big Ten championship. But um, you know, if Michigan has a competent quarterback in that game, uh, you know, and makes a stop when Dwayne Haskins came in on like a third and fourteen, uh, they probably would have won that game. But since then, they've just looked remarkable. And talk about a team uh, that knows how to utilize their skill position players. Uh, it seems like every time Dobbins or Fields or one of their talented wide receivers touches the ball, it's guaranteed 10, 15 yards, maybe more. Uh, and I think they not, and I agree with you that at this point, I don't know if Michigan's best would, would, would even beat Ohio state because I think Ohio state matches up really well with Michigan and Michigan matches up poorly with Ohio state. I think Ohio State's speed is going to be good enough to outlast any team, especially a team like Michigan, which is uh, a, a, an offense that doesn't play well from behind uh, and is a, a defensive first football team. So it's that was the most disheartening thing of the weekend is knowing that it, we can see, unless something happens, I mean, Michigan's been remarkably unimpressive, but unless something happens, we know what game is most likely going to decide who comes out of that division in the Big Ten and uh, – we kind of we kind of have read this book and seen this movie before. Yeah, I'd make the argument, Chris, that last year's team was probably the most vulnerable team because you had Urban Meyer, who probably knew he was giving it up at the end of the year. A lot of close games to teams like Michigan State. Maryland should have put Michigan in the Big Ten championship game the week prior to Michigan-Ohio State. They missed a wide-open receiver on the two-point conversion that would have beat Ohio State. And that's what makes that game last year in Columbus all the more disappointing, that Michigan was rolling through ranked opponents last year after Notre Dame. Ohio State was stumbling, and then Michigan went and got spanked in Columbus. I mean, so disheartening. Then you come into this year, high hopes. People are picking Michigan because we don't know much about Justin Fields. You know, he couldn't find the field at Georgia. We didn't know much about Ryan Day. And now they just look absolutely incredible so i don't know man uh, like my optimism is kind of just waning by the week and i don't know if that's like me just hardened too much from the last couple of years uh, i don't know if you guys are that way but my my optimism just continues to wane here it, it feels like urban meyer never left right or yeah. or, or it, he got an upgrade well right it's exactly crazy. It's, it's crazy it's, as that is to say What's happening now is just an extension of the Urban Meyer era, which is, I mean, from a Michigan fan perspective, about worst case scenario. Yeah, I think the thing of it, too, is that. um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought here. I'm dealing with like a head cold thing. So, like, bear with me here. Just not. It's not a lot of juice in the oh, tank. Ohio State, Ohio State whooping teams has just made your brain go foggy. Okay, well, yeah. that, okay, I think I, I I pulled it back now. So it's it's one of those things where I think it is also fair to ask, like if I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, is Ohio State maybe peaking early? 
how much better can they get yep. to, than this? And that's where if I I'm like Michigan, it, I like it. It's a good spin. <laughs> It's a spin zone. I'm a journalist. I know how to do that. Um, you know, it's, I think seeing how well they've played to a certain extent, like I think we've seen a Michigan team and make no mistake about it. The pressure is on and and we've seen guys press and, and they have to find a way to figure that out. But to me, when you look at how well Ohio state has played, it's like, you know what? You just need to keep stacking one good day. Like as cliche as it sounds like have a good practice on Monday, have a good practice on Tuesday. You know, just keep stacking those good days, stacking up some wins, and see where you stand at the end of the year. Um, you, you have that game at home. It's, I still think there's a pretty good chance that that game is for the Big Ten East title. I don't think, I still think, even at this point, that's not that hot of a take. Um, so, it, so it's just how do you, you can't worry about how you beat Ohio State right now because I think that's no. to a certain extent, that's why this fan base is freaking out. And that's why I think we've seen a little bit these players start to press um, in these early games and maybe um, make some of these mental mistakes is that they know they need to beat Ohio state this year, but they're trying to like, it's okay. Chris, you'll be on board with this. It's like, okay. think of the Marvel cinematic universe and how long it took to build up to something special there. But then you had yeah. DC who just like, they try to do it all at once and it was jumbled. It was rushed. There were mistakes everywhere. That's what I see right now is a team that's trying too hard to make up too much ground too fast. Just keep, just keep knocking away at it, checking boxes off one at a time. Um, the talent is there. Um, so I, I mean, it's right now. It does not look good. If that game was played next week, it it's very likely it would be a blowout, but it's not played next week. It's like, God, almost literally like two and a half months away. So just need to, one week at a time, one gate, one practice at a time, as cliche as it sounds. And I know some people think I'm the resident water carrier for Jim Harbaugh in terms of how I cover this team. It's just, they can't, the fans can't worry about that game right now. And the players can't either. Like go, go beat Wisconsin, go beat mm -hmm. right. Rutgers, go beat Iowa. So it's, you know, well, let's, I think a lot of what we're seeing is just kind of a, a perfect storm of, player expectations and fan frustrations after how last year ended. And it's like, maybe we all just need to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a fair point. We, we haven't really been chill. Have we usually we come into a new season and it's just like brand new optimism, but last year's game was just, I don't know, different. I, I think, you know, if we go back and listen to the pod before the Ohio state game, we'd probably know that because Anthony, you said it had a chance to change the trajectory of the program and ultimately, it may have just uh, in the wrong direction. But taking a look at the other two teams that are going to be contending for the Big Ten East, along with Michigan and Ohio State, and we can talk all we want about how unimpressive Michigan looked in their two wins. Ohio State, or excuse me, Penn State, outside of the first win against Idaho and FCS school, they did not look impressive against Buffalo, certainly did not look impressive against Pittsburgh. Then you got Michigan State losing at home to Arizona State, true freshman quarterback. I mean, you want to talk about unimpressive. Those two teams were incredibly unimpressive this week. Yeah, let me say this about Michigan State, and I want to get this, like, I want to make one thing very clear. Regardless of what happens to them the rest of the year, they are going to be ready to play a game on November 16th and beat you in Ann Arbor. Again, they will be ready for that. With that being said, th that program, like, they're done. Like, Mark D'Antonio, that, that – 
fun, happy little era. It's over. Like this is that's a seven or eight win football team. And for five years, their offense has refused to adapt. Has they he's kept all of his friends. He shuffled around the roles. What is going on in East Lansing right now is coach is, is college football coaching malpractice. It's and I'm like I said this to a few people after the game on Saturday. I'm embarrassed. Like I know I'm the on the Michigan side of things. I'm embarrassed for that fan base because you know what. We want that rivalry to be the Iron Bowl of the North, but one program is not holding up its end of the bargain right now. Michigan State is atrocious. And so they won nine games a few years ago. Big deal. They went three and nine before that. They won seven games last year. They're probably going to win seven games again this year. They waste, they're going to waste another great defense. That is disturbing where things are heading there. And I don't know, like... I know we love to, you know, they love to, it's funny how Spartan fans will always be like, oh, well, you know, look at everything that coach D has done for us. And uh, Michigan fans always staying in the past. Like we're almost like, we're almost like a decade removed from that Rose bowl team now. So it's like, how much longer can they let that go on there? Because what's going on there is, is absolutely pathetic period. Yeah, I, I'm not as critical of it as you are uh, because I just I, I can never count them out and I know they're going to play a competitive game every year against Michigan. And I still I, I know that there's people um, who, who believe that D'Antonio is on his last legs as a coach. And that may be true. I, I, I adamantly disagree with any of the that D'Antonio needs to be gone now takes because I don't know. He's the best coach they've ever had. And I think. And, and I know it was a long time ago, but I think people forget where that program was when they hired them. They were a joke. When you play, when there was a time where when you saw Michigan State on your schedule, you'd laugh and put in a W. And if they got a lead on you, you would just say, "Ah, they'll they'll find a way to blow this." A lot has changed now. The the golden age of Michigan State football, say, I two thousand uh, two thousand ten to two thousand fifteen, uh, is over. Uh, and, and has been for a while. I, I would say it, it it probably ended with a three and nine season. It's officially over now. Um, but it, I could talk about the the past and you know the what happened with with you know where the program went downhill. But just talking about the 2019 versions of some of these teams, I, I've been very much on the uh, Penn State is going to take a big step back um, bandwagon pretty much since last year ended. Um, they won nine games last year. I don't really think that they were particularly great. But I think pretty much every good team they played on their schedule, they lost. Michigan murdered them. Um, and this year, I thought they'd take a step back. And Pitt made some really questionable decisions late in that game. Uh, and it ultimately cost them. I still don't think it's a bad Penn State team. And I still think going on the road is going to be really difficult there, uh, which is something Michigan's going to have to do. Um But those two programs, Michigan State and Penn State, are two programs that I see kind of going in similar directions. Still very competitive. Still, for the most part, prepared to play every time you go up against them. But not nearly the force that we believe they could be, you know, even coming into the season. I was impressed by Penn State the first two weeks. Did not look particularly good last week despite coming out with a win. And Michigan State, I mean, you can pretty much call what happened on Saturday a disaster. I mean, Arizona State's not they're not any good. I mean, they weren't any good last year. They aren't any good this year. Um, they 
somehow miraculously pulled that game off, you know, got a few lucky calls, but MSU put, put themselves in position, uh, to get screwed over, uh, by some bad calls. You know, they played really, really poorly. So I think at, from a Michigan perspective, it bodes well, just in the sense that some of the really difficult teams on your schedule that people were looking at before the season started might not be as difficult as we previously thought. Now, things are very subject to change. We know that. But after uh, the near disaster that was the Army game, I think there's a little bit more optimism in the air seeing what other teams in the Big Ten have done with the exception of Ohio State. Yeah. and, and Oh, go ahead, Luke. Uh, I was no, I was just gonna, I was gonna start taking a look elsewhere. So I'll let, I'll let you finish that thought, Anthony. I, I guess my final thought is, I feel like Jerry Springer. Right now, for my final thought, um, <laughs> Penn State, Michigan State. I mean, regardless of how harsh you think my criticism is on, on State right now, uh, those are two programs that have very big question marks on the sidelines, and, and Michigan may very well have that too. Uh, but I sort of feel like I'll take. Michigan's coaching staff concerns over any of the concerns that um, that state has that that Penn State has. Um, you know, those are after this weekend. I'm kind of regardless of what happens to Michigan this weekend or, or what have you. I would be pretty disappointed if Michigan didn't win both of those games. Yeah, Penn State, Michigan State. Yes, oh, very much so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I would. One hundred, one hundred percent. But at, at the end of the day, we know that that's a that's a very dis, like that's a possibility unless Michigan yeah. really does actually get better. We're going to find out how much better Michigan got from the first two weeks into the bye week as they have a daunting, daunting task in Madison coming up here this week. We're going to talk about. When we come back on Brewcast, what the result of this game will mean for the rest of the season, whether it's a win or whether it's a loss. That's coming up next on Brewcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in here on Brewcast, Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani here with you, and uh, we are in Wisconsin week. No real uh, time, no warm-up Big Ten games for the Wolverines or for the Badgers, for that matter, as Michigan travels to Madison to take on the Badgers. Michigan a opening as a three-point underdog, so... Uh, 
bookmakers think that this matchup is about even. They're going to give the three points to the home team here, but uh, this is a huge game for both of these teams moving forward, but more particularly for Michigan because, uh, as we alluded to, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it too much. Uh, The West looking a little shaky with Minnesota almost losing to Georgia Southern, Illinois uh, losing to Eastern Michigan, Purdue getting routed, and then... uh, Nebraska, they look shaky with the loss to Colorado and and that week one victory as well. So uh, for Wisconsin, not as big of a game, but definitely, definitely a huge game for Michigan to show how much they've improved from that Army game with the bye week heading into Madison. And guys, uh, win or a loss here, this could be a a bit of a season-defining game here. Yeah, I think this game... Um, I think we talked about it here before. I don't want the other pods I did. I think that this team might actually have a chance to benefit from going on the road, getting out of Ann Arbor, um, you know, having the team have moves t- directed at them coming as maybe fuel from a road, from a, a road crowd, as opposed to smatterings of booze from fans at the stadium, kind of being downers. Um, this is a big test for them. And it's one that, you know, if they, it's one thing if they go in there and it's like the Penn State game from 2017 where they get blown out 42 13, that's gonna, that's a major problem. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin necessarily has, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's great and, and he's going to get his. And it sounds like, I mean, not to, not that I'm in the film room or anything, but it sounds like the plan might just be to let him get his and take everything else away, uh, which has happened with them before. Um, he's, the first two times he's played Michigan, he's run for over 100 yards each time. Um, I can see this being a lot like the 2017 game in that you know people people forget that with about five minutes left in the third quarter of that game, Michigan had a 10-7 or a 10, yeah 10 to seven lead, and once once Brandon Peters went down, oh yeah, uh, it just kind of got away from him. They would ultimately lose 24 uh, to. Uh, to set or I'm sorry, 24 to 10. Um, I, I think it will be a similar, a similar type of slugfest, but um, you know, Shea Patterson, obviously your quarterback play is going to define the game. Like it defined the game in 2017. Uh, I think when you look at Wisconsin, Don Brown said this to us last week, when you, it's such a relief to get back into game planning for someone that actually reflects what you're going to see throughout big 10 play. Uh, with the you know a power run game, um, a little more balanced offensive attack. Middle Tennessee had that air, sort of like that air raid type deal. Um, obviously, Army brought in the triple option, so I think I think that the defense will be ready to go as they were as they have been in the first two weeks of the year. Now, what the question becomes, and it's what we've been talking about for three weeks now, is the offense going to make self inflicted mistakes? that put pressure on the defense because that's where I could see the game kind of the floodgates sort of opening towards the end or whatever. Michigan's offense needs to get off to a fast start in this football game. Uh, and I mean, first drive, you get the football, you drive right down the field score. Like they, they need a touchdown early. They just need to go, go on. I mean, don't even necessarily need to score a touchdown. Like go on a sustained drive. Don't make any mistakes and put points on the board. And I think, you know, the, you look at the, look at the film from the last two weeks the big plays are there. The chances to make something happen are there. They're just not hitting on them. And I think that that is cause for a little bit of optimism that, hey, you know, maybe we didn't execute it here, but it was there. So let's try it again. Um, whereas, you know, it's not 
I know people have concerns about the offense and, and where this thing is kind of headed and who's really in charge. Is it Josh Gaddis? Is it Jim Harbaugh? Um, running the ball, whatever it was, 14 straight times in that game against Army uh, late, I think it was in the second half, is just dumb. That can't happen again. But, um, you know, I, I haven't yeah. been that discouraged well, by the – it's more just the mistakes more than anything else. Those will kill you let, on the road. Let me ask, let me ask you this. Um if Michigan goes in and wins this game, is there going to be just a flip of rea- of a reaction from what we saw post-Army game? Like, are people just going to completely do a full 180 and say, okay, this Michigan team is legit. They've got a chance to win the Big Ten. They're going to, you know, go in and win that Ohio State game in Ann Arbor in November. Like, is that what the reaction is going to be from this fan base and from maybe even us? Like, is that how big of a swing game this is? Or is it going to be, okay, nice win, but they still have to keep improving? Or does that depend on how they play in this game? Does it matter whether they get the win? Uh, I want to know your your guys' thoughts well, on that. I'll, go ahead, Chris. Oh. Uh, yeah, let me. Uh, I'll answer that. I, I mean, you know how the fan bases work, especially Michigan. You know, if they win this game handily, it'll be all of a sudden Michigan's you know a national championship contender. Um, but you know, the more level-headed people, which I, I don't know, I guess level me and level-headed probably doesn't <laughs> fit, but I'll, I'll use it anyway. Will uh, you know? Will realize that yeah, this will be it will be a major step in the right direction. One of the first big hurdles of the season, Michigan will have gotten over. Um, and it will be a it will be a major positive. Uh, I guess a lot of it kind of depends on how they win. If they win another ugly, sloppy game, um, I think it will be uh it will be a positive that they won. But we were talking about it earlier. Everyone knows what the end goal is, and I think for the rest of the season, whether fair or not, I think it is fair. Um, this team will be compared to uh, to Ohio State and whether or not they can beat them. If they go out and smash Wisconsin like they did last year and people and you know national pundits start saying that this is a team that can compete with OSU, then I think fan we will all, all of a sudden there will be a seismic shift of people you know back on the bandwagon. but unless that happens, I think there's always going to be kind of a dark cloud over this well, team. I think the and other understand thing too is so. that if Michigan does go into Madison and win, it will it, the the narrative will then flip to oh well it wasn't that big of a win because Wisconsin didn't play anybody they played South Florida and they played Central Michigan right um, but let me say this so this is only I'll throw some numbers your way some fun with stats if you will this is only the seventh time since Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan so we're talking like what 45 46 47 games whatever it is at this point that they've been an underdog they have lost all six of those previous games. Um, now I think probably three or four of those were against Ohio state or, or two or three, so, something like that. But, um, it's not just a Jim Harbaugh problem for the last decade and a half. This team just doesn't win big games on the road. Um, so in a lot of ways, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of narratives on the line here. And I actually think, you know, people won't want to hear this because if they're, if it, I mean, as we've seen from the last two weeks, even if Michigan wins, people will find something to get outraged about. Like the offense, there's a good chance the offense probably struggles for a lot of this game on Saturday. And they might still win because of that. And people will still be mad because the offense didn't look perfect. And that's just like, that's not how football works. That's not how, um, right. <laughs> that's not how big 10 football works. So it's one of those things where um, I think 
there is a reality where even if they lose, but they just, you know, they play, they play off, like they play very well, they compete, but they just lose a tough game on the road. I, I think that there's more to take from that than, you know, going in there and getting blown out, like certainly, but because um, so, I can see. Well, I mean, go ahead. Look back, look back at, you know, last year, Notre Dame, like that's the exact thing that happened. But people, you know, we, we did a pod that telling everyone to back away from the ledge. Like it's literally going to be pitchforks and torches if they lose this game, no matter how they lose this game. I feel well, like this is, I'm not going to say this is a must win, but I mean, every in college football, if you have aspirations, Every yeah, game's a must win. Yeah, pretty if you have much, aspirations yeah. to be a, a playoff team or you know win a Big Ten title, you get into conference play. You got to get as many conference wins as you have, uh, as you can. Um, when I look at Wisconsin, like I'm just interested. Like I think I'm more interested in seeing how Wisconsin comes out as opposed to how Michigan does, because like I said, they have not had a whole lot of resistance there. And I think that when you look at what they do offensively, um, that kind of plays right into how what Don Brown has exceeded in stopping like yeah they Jonathan Taylor will probably get you know 100 to 130 140 total yards on the day but what does Michigan do with the other guys and that's where I think you know the the pass rush and the corners are going to be absolutely critical in this game if they could take everything else away and just you know don't if you you can get away with having one turnover on offense but the three the four the fumbles like just give your you got to give yourselves a chance because I think that defense will will have you in in contention to win this football game all day and and if your offense is inept through two and a half three quarters yeah you your defense might be a little leaky towards the end of the game if you don't take care of your business so um, again there's a lot of pressure on the line uh, you hope that they they're not pressing because like I said through these first two games I, I've seen a lot of that and players have admitted that. Um, you know, just just get out of your head. You can't beat Ohio State on Saturday. You can't beat Michigan State on Saturday. You can't beat Notre Dame on Saturday. You can only beat Wisconsin on Saturday. So if you just stay focused on that throughout the week, I think they'll be in pretty decent shape. Uh, and I also want to point, Chris, before you get your thoughts on this, I want to point out that this game was a consensus victory for Michigan three weeks ago. Like everyone looking at the season, every quote unquote expert looking at this game, Michigan, the sports books favored Michigan heavily in this game. Like this was a a pencil in victory for Michigan three weeks ago. Like, have we seen that much in these first couple of weeks of the college football season to really completely turn that on its head? Um, eh, yes and no. I, I mean, I, I'm part of it is I, I lean towards yes, because to me, I, I'm not somebody who likes to do preseason predictions in general, just because I think they're fluky. And unless it's something obvious like Clemson or Alabama or even Ohio state at this point, I just, I base what I feel or how, what I'm, you know, how I think something is going to go down based on what I've seen so far. And yeah, and Wisconsin hasn't played anybody, but they've been remarkably impressive in their ability to steamroll teams. Michigan has not been very impressive, so I, I'm not shocked or you know surprised by the uh, the amount of people uh, picking Wisconsin. I think even 
Michigan has a stigma about them, and a lot of people do not believe in this team. Um, this goes back to last year and even pretty much the entire Harbaugh era. And I think that this is something that's going to carry over and, and we know what's going to have to happen in order for that to change. Uh, I will say, I thought last year's Wisconsin game. Now, Wisconsin was, they underachieved last season. Um, they weren't nearly as good as they had been in uh, the couple previous years under under uh, Paul Christ. But I thought last year's Wisconsin game was one of the better coached games of the Harbaugh era. Um, and I, I just had to look it up because uh, Anthony, when you said that Jonathan Taylor had over a hundred yards last season, I forgot. And if they can find a way, cause he's one of those guys, you know, the, the old adage of you can't stop him, but you can contain him. If he can have 120 quiet yards, yeah, that would be a major victory for Michigan. And I think, la- yeah, absolutely. Now last year, um, Michigan got out to an early lead, which is going to be even more important this time when you're playing on the road in a tough environment and forced Wisconsin to pass. And Alex Hornibrook, you know, I'm sure he's a nice kid. Alex Hornibrook was not a very good college quarterback. I'm sorry. He's not a guy who's going to be able to, to, you know, thread the needle against uh, elite defenses. Um, now, this new guy they got here looks impressive so far, but he's on, he's raw and he's pretty unproven. So we're going to have to see um, if he's going to be able to step up. I think getting off to an early lead, Holding on to the football, not making careless mistakes, is going to be is going to be huge for Michigan if, in this game. If they win the turnover battle, I really like their yeah, chances. Yeah, kind of feels to win like it's what simple if, as that. Really? Well, let me well let me ask you: How do you feel about the game if there is no turnover battle to be won? What if, what if it, the turnovers there's none, no turnovers? How do you feel about the game? If if are we talking if Michigan doesn't um, turn over the ball or, or either team? Neither team. If, ni- if neither team, no turnovers Straight in this up, game. I think if there are no turnovers from either team, I mean, just from Michigan's point of view, I'd say that means they're executing fairly well. Uh, now, I guess there's a scenario where they could just be going three and out a bunch of times. But, I mean, I'll say it right now. Like, if Michigan doesn't turn over the football, yeah, they're, they – I like their talent better on both sides of the Probably ball. Probably win yeah, this game, yeah. I like yeah. their talent on both sides of the ball. And – um for as many hot takes as there are about Jim Harbaugh, I, I think he's a better coach than Paul Christ. So, um, yep. Hopefully that's, that doesn't make its way into the Badger locker room, but yeah. that's how I feel about it. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like here's my take on the game. I, I'm not going to break it down into, you know, like what Michigan needs to do or anything like that. A- at the end of the day, like Michigan is probably the better football team. I think they have the better quarterback. I I know this might be blasphemous from what we've seen and what we know about Wisconsin, but I feel like when it's gelling, Michigan has a better offensive line. I think Wisconsin has a better running back, but I think Michigan has better receivers, tight ends, and a better defense, to be quite honest with you. I like the way that defensive front played against Army. So I, I think they have a chance to win in the trenches. And yeah, Jonathan Taylor might bust a couple, but I think they're going to contain him to a point. And I still like Michigan secondary. Like I think they're the better team at the end it's of the day. So It's fascinating uh, because we're going into this week, and a lot of people feel like this is kind of a death march. But if you really look at it position yeah. by position – I mean, we'll look at it a little more closely. I mean, you can you can say Wisconsin definitely best might have the best running back in college football. Outside of that, right. I think you can make the argument that Michigan is better at every single other position group, and, and inc- that includes their coaching yep. as well. So it's fascinating. Like again, yeah, self inflicted wounds. And I think this is my final thought on it, since we're not going into like what we want to see and things like that. Right, I could live with a loss if. This is a big if. 
it's well played, well executed, and you played aggressive, you played to win. Mm-hmm. A loss where you left points on the field because of a play call or because of self-inflicted wounds or just playing conservative, that is unacceptable to me. And, and if that happens, the pitchforks should be out because this is a program right now that plays like it's afraid to lose. Go out there and take a win. Go out there and steal yeah. a win. It doesn't belong to you. No one expects you to win this week now. Go steal one. If if the that's a really good point, man. And if the lingering issues dating back to the end of last season uh, persist in this game and they lose because of that, it yes, it will be awful. Um, if Mich- this, I'm I won't be as now. I you know I say this now, but I don't think I'll be as disheartened by a loss this week because if if it happens. Because Michigan will still, it might seem insurmountable, but I've said it since the beginning of the season, Michigan can afford to slip up one time and still have all their goals in front of them. Um, Now it will be, it will take a heck of a job by Harbaugh and crew to basically win nine straight games. But if you lose this game and let's say they just go on a death march and they dominate everyone they play and find a way to beat Ohio State, they'll play Wisconsin again most likely. And they'll get a chance to avenge this loss. And if they do that, they'll make the playoff. Now that seems like a long ways away, but this is not, I don't think that this is necessarily a, a game that could, a, no. a loss that will end the season. My I think fear those are going to come later fear, on this year. No, that, no. that's nothing. I think my fear would be that things get so toxic and so volatile with like the fan base that that might be something that permeates into. And, and look, after this, your next three games are, you get Rutgers and Iowa at home, and then you go on the road and play Illinois. So they should like they will have a chance to get rolling if this doesn't go as planned on Saturday. Right. And I guess one final question: I just thought of it while I was bringing that up. Um, if Shea Patterson doesn't play well this week, and you have those three games to um, kind of get yourself back on track before you go to Penn State, might it be time to consider? I'm not saying. To pull the trigger, might it be time to get Dylan McCaffrey a little more ready? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like they've yeah, been doing it, you know, like for that reason. But Shea is, you know, I don't know if he's banged up or whatnot, if he's healed now coming off the bye week. But if he takes care of the ball, this Michigan offense is going to yeah, be fine, it's, I feel it, like. But if he doesn't take care of the ball, yeah, he can't it, play. Like, that. it's, it's literally it's that honestly, simple. The only thing in his game, like the reads, I think as the the game kind of slows down, I think the reads will get better uh, because Dylan McCaffrey's yeah. reads haven't been all that great either. If you go back and watch the film, so um, right, it's really like honestly, that's all it is. Take care of the football because I think otherwise he's played fine. Um, and hopefully, you, yep. I mean, we're not even talking about this, but you get Donovan Peoples Jones back. That's another wide receiver that can take the top off of a defense. Yeah, um, you know. Things aren't things aren't as terrible as they think they're being made out to be. Now things need to get better, but uh, you know I'm not, I'm not dreading Saturday at all. I'm actually I'm really looking forward. Like I'm looking fo- more forward to this game than I maybe would have a few weeks ago because I want to I want to see those questions and, answered. 
Well, we also have, uh, first of all, I love the noon kickoff. And, well, Anthony, tell us what you got going on for the Wisconsin oh, game, by course. the way. Oh, of course. Can you tell who the radio guy on this show is? The guy with the segues? And, you know, this is why we have him <laughs> leading the charge. But Saturday, uh, we will be at Jim Brady's in downtown Ann Arbor. Uh, it is, uh, like I said, right in the heart of downtown. If you're looking for something to do, someplace to watch the game with other Michigan fans, we'll, we, we will be at Jim Brady's. Uh, doors open at 10 a.m., We'll start with a little live pregame podcast type deal. Um, we'll have Maize and Brew t-shirts out there. They're going to have brunch specials throughout the game, half off Bloody Mary's. It's not my cup of tea, but if you're into it, we'll have it there. Uh, so come on out. Uh, details are at the website. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you saw the review we did on that place a few weeks ago, it's it really does look cool. Um, and it's on a 222-inch uh, projection screen uh, television. So. Uh, we'll have the game there. We'll have some gear out there. And, uh, hey, yeah, come out and hang out. Be, I'd love to love to have a drink with you fine people. I love it, man. That's going to be a blast. I wish I could make it. I'm just a little too far away. But, uh, Chris, as we wrap this up, man, tell us where we can find you on social media. I'm sure you'll be tweeting on Saturday during the game. I will, and I'm I'm contemplating going to Jim Brady's. That's a, I'm not going to set anything in stone. I'd like to get out there. Uh, I'll have to, I'll see what my schedule looks like uh, at the end of Friday night to see if I can make it on Saturday morning. But you can find me on I'll be tweeting anyway, and you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani twenty fourteen. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. Post game videos after every Tigers game. Just two more weeks now uh, after every Lions game, every Michigan football game. Uh, always talking sports. Always talk talking pop culture. Lot lot going on in the world of sports right now. So it's a it's a endless loop and it's a lot of fun uh you can find there uh, my snapchat handle is also the same as my twitter handle uh if you want to see me on instagram as well that's chris castle 95 that's c-h-r-i-s-c-a-s-t-l-e-9-5 please follow me on all those platforms anthony how about you you can follow me on twitter at anthony t broom follow the website uh at mason brew on twitter find find us give us a like on facebook Uh, we're on instagram trying to grow that page subscribe to our youtube page uh as well uh, it's under Mason Brew SB Nation. We'll have a lot of videos from, um, you know, events, press availabilities, players talking, things like that. So uh, give us a check there. And, and you can find our podcast wherever you get your shows. So um, Megaphone, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google. Just uh, search Mason Brew and, and we'll be there. And, and we didn't even mention this. Luke, this is our 200th episode as a Mason Brew podcast. Oh, yes. We are popping bottles here on Brewcast today, 200th episode yeah, and then, for Maze and Brew Podcast, yeah, man. Round of applause. Yeah, round of applause for us. Yeah, uh, for, for the whole staff. It's, it's been a group effort. For the whole staff, absolutely. Um, you know, we're doing... Well, also, thank you. Thank you to everyone that's been listening yeah. to these shows as well. We really appreciate the feedback. We appreciate you downloading and listening and really engaging in these podcasts as well. We, we really couldn't do it without you, the listener. Yeah, it's been awesome. And like I said, leave us leave us a review. Give us feedback. Like good, good feedback is always um, even if it's even if we, you think we suck, like we want to make this as much yours as it is, as it is ours. So um Never hesitate to reach out to any of us. And, but if you leave the review, please make it five stars because we love you. We could talk. We'll get better. Even if you don't think it's five stars, like tell us why, you know, tell us what we did wrong, but still leave the five Here's star review. Here's what you do. You leave a five star review. And then in the actual review part where you type it in, say it's more of a three star review. But like we love, we yeah. love, I love these guys. <laughs> so. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I, my new Twitter. Go give it a follow. Also follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show. Uh, we'll be engaging all football season long. As Anthony mentioned, please subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast. Just search Mason Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. So that'll do it for us, our 200th episode on Mason Brew Podcast, and that'll do it for Brewcast here today. But Mason Brew Podcast will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of Future Brew. We'll see you next week.